Hey, welcome back to Onward Thinking. Uh, this is Avery Johnson. This is Caleb Gipple. And we are going to record an episode all about leadership and one of Caleb's celebrity crushes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is a severe admiration. Uh, so I just have a lot of questions for you, Caleb, just uh, all about this, this celebrity crush that you have. Uh, and I just want you to just answer them as best as you, best you can. And it's pretty informal conversation, just kind of picking your brain. Uh, and so I guess I will keep you the reveal of who the celebrity crush is. You ready for this drum roll? Drew Dudley. The man, the myth, the legend. Drew and Dudley. If you haven't heard of him, that's okay. We're going to, that's what the podcast is all about. We're going to share some of the big ideas that he has left us with. Um, he has written a book, which we will talk about, and he basically was launched from this popular TED Talk, which is really impactful. I know that I watched it in college as an orientation leader and leader on campus. It was really impactful for Caleb, and we'll talk more about that, too. Um, but first off, let's just talk about Drew himself. Who is Drew Dudley? Yeah, that's, that's the question I get all the time. Uh, when I would get excited and be like, Oh, have you heard of so-and-so? Have you heard of this book? And that's the immediate question I get is, well, who the heck is that? And Drew Dudley is a motivational leader, a speaker, and a leadership consultant that travels around the world helping organizations and teams focus in on how we can accomplish really everyday leadership, a strategy that he's made popular. Uh, as you mentioned, Drew's career really skyrocketed from his TEDx talk titled Everyday Leadership, uh, which is about leading with lollipops. And it really was the spark that ignited this fire of everyday leadership. Mm. Sounds uh, like lollipops are the key word. Yeah, yeah. And and the big thing, too, is, I mean, it, it has a mere 4.5 million views. So my TEDx talk is, is still getting up there competing with this. Where are you at? Uh, about 3,000. <laughs> I was going to guess 4,000, but that was too generous. <laughs> and um, after that, he went on to write the book, This Is Day One. And that further just dove into that. And now he, he travels the world, like I said, speaking with different organizations. He has clients uh, across the U.S. that he works with and, and helps leaders improve by just focusing on the values-based leadership that they can embody on an everyday basis. So what is this book all about? Is it like a continuation of his TED Talk? His TED Talk is something like eight minutes, 13 minutes? Yeah. Something like that? Yeah, it's beautifully done. It so is a, check it out if you haven't. Yeah. I mean, everybody's got the 10 minute. You've got a 10-minute commute that you can watch this, and it's just a... Not if you're driving, though. Yes. Yes. Good you can point. listen to it. Yeah. But don't watch it while you drive. And uh, it, it, the book really is a continuation of that. But I tell people, while the first half, I would say, is stories that helps drive home the concepts of what is everyday leadership? What does that look like? And from it, Drew draws out these stories that help people challenge these norms of what leadership is. But I think it's pretty impactful in the way that he does it in such a, an approachable way. I mean, leadership books are almost a dime a dozen now. And um, this one definitely makes it, takes it from this grando thing um, that most people view as unreachable and makes it as something, you know, that you and I can be doing as soon as tomorrow. Mm. The second half of the book dives more into the application of that, of, okay, what are some values that you think that you embody? 
And from it, he, he takes you step by step through it so that by the end of this book, you can self-identify six values that you feel you embody as a leader. You clearly define and articulate what does that value mean to you? Because I could say, you know, autonomy is a value for me. And that could mean something totally different for me compared to you. And uh, once you define that, you, th- this is my favorite part, uh, taking you through of setting a base of questions that you ask yourself on a daily basis so that you can check in. Because it's one thing to write down your values, right? And say, okay, I want to, uh, I don't know, say a value that you have, whether it's mastery, say that you want to grow every day, right? Um, you could say that that's your value, but do you have a daily check-in? Do you have a system to hold yourself accountable? And so that's yeah, yeah. the final step is every value has paired with a question. So if you had going sticking with the mastery example, an example question would be, how did I make myself better today? Not something that's necessarily a yes or no, something that forces you to really check in with yourself. Am I really embodying this value like I say I do? Nice. It sounds very tangible and also very accessible. It sounds like the two big pieces that he's really addressing in this book. Yeah. It could be this book. It, it could be used by a high school student. I've recommended it to high schoolers. It could be widely used by college students. It sounds like it's influenced both of us during our college careers. And even young professionals and business leaders could really uh, find this approachable. Awesome. That's great. What do you think inspires you most about Drew? I think it's I think it's that how powerful of a message that he has. Right? Like I won't ruin the, the story, but his whole concept of lollipop leadership or, or everyday leadership, if you will, is based upon everyday people that we might not view ourselves as leaders, right? We think that we have to leave that to these amazing people, right? Like Nelson Mandela, the Dalai Lama, you know, these high in the sky people that we idolize. But in reality, uh, Drew Dudley and this concept of everyday leadership, everybody is a leader. I mean, that leadership looks differently for every single one, but how powerful of a message, how empowering is that? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, you could have somebody that thinks, you know, I'm just a cog in this machine. I'm just a follower within this organization or this team. But through this book, they can find their ways that they can be an everyday leader. Because you don't have to be like the man at the front of the table. Uh, you could be that team member that makes everyone around them better. And for that, you're a leader. So I think at its core, that's what I find just so moving about this message is that it's, it's empowering for somebody that thinks, you know, I've never been a leader in my life. They will read this and they will see, okay. I could give this a shot. I could actually be a leader. And to me, that's amazing. So what happens when you receive the pushback from people saying, you know, not everyone can be a leader because we don't have leaders without followers. What, what kind of, how would you answer that? No, that's a fair point. I mean, in certain, in certain situations, in certain circumstances, not everyone can be a leader. I mean, you've heard the phrase too many cooks in the kitchen. Yeah. In different situations that we find ourselves in, there's going to be a need for different leaders to step up based off their strengths. Gotcha. So not in every situation is someone going to need to step up as a leader, and that's fine. 
but that doesn't mean there isn't a situation that they can. A perfect example. So the one, I mean, the stereotypical leader is, okay, we've got a disaster within this organization, right? And we need somebody that is strong, confident, this leader that's going to step up and lead our organization through this change, right? And that's going to draw a different leader out there to, to step up and fill that role, that void. In the meantime, say that there is a few team members uh, that are really having some personal issues at home, right? And it's influencing their work and they're really struggling. There's an introverted coworker that recognizes that and then from utilizes their strength to say, hey, let me grab you a cup of coffee and chats with them. That lone conversation could impact that coworker for the rest of their life. Wow. Yeah. So I think that's just two examples right there, but Makes sense. there there will always be a need for leaders. And from that, there's you're always going to have by default followers. But I truly believe that every situation is going to call upon a different type of leader. And the main thing is, how can we make sure that people are equipped, but more importantly, view themselves as a leader and have the self-awareness to use their skills and their values to step up as a leader in the situation that's most needed for them. Great. How long ago did you read this book and how long have you been kind of marinating in these ideas? Actually, for I first came across it through orientation training, just like you. I came across Drew's TED Talk and then went on to watch most of them because I liked that message. And it drastically changed how I approached all of my leadership positions. It fundamentally changed how I viewed student leadership and servant leadership on my campus. Um, can you give us an example of like a before and after of how you viewed leadership, maybe even a story? Oh, hands down, <laughs> hands down. So I, I'm not, I'm I'll own it. I used to view leadership as you know completely the wrong way of like I need this title, right? Like I remember coming in freshman year thinking I want to be Campbell Hall president, and like I didn't want to be president because I wanted to make residents' lives better. I wanted the leadership from it of like the title you know, very shallow surface level. Um, and that led me, and that influenced different routes I went, whether it was like student government serving in or serving in my fraternity, uh, serving on the interfraternity council, where I viewed leadership as I'm in this position, I know X things, I'm doing this. Uh, following that, I, I guess an example of how I like start applying it. So I mentioned I saw the video during orientation. I realized to be the most effective orientation leader, and to best exhibit my leadership, I don't have to know all the answers about what classes to take, right? Like no one's really going to. So I don't have to fool myself and try to. Mm. I realized one of the most fundamental, the biggest influences I could make as an orientation leader was chatting with a student that's nervous before their orientation. Yeah. I mean, the core story is about him, Drew, drastically changing the life of a student at an orientation. And that rocked me to my core. And I've had several situations now, two years, uh, being on staff where, I mean, there are people now, they're sophomores on campus. And that connection was formed because I was just complimenting their shoes. Literally, there's one guy that comes to mind every time, um, nervous, sitting by himself before orientation, out-of-state student, knew nobody coming to, to northern Iowa. We started a conversation about his shoes. We still stay in touch. Uh, he actually shot me a message earlier today. And, you know, 
I don't know what the, the long-term influence of that will look like, but I mean, that is just an example there where I don't know what that's going to look like. Um, I think of one of my fraternity brothers. I've never held an executive position within my fraternity. I still view myself as a leader within the organization, and that's not some empty arrogance. It is a healthy amount of pride because there's there's a member I remember recruiting and mentoring them through their first year, um, and in a span of like three days, uh, unfortunately, like their girlfriend broke up with them and their father passed away unexpectedly, right? Like very, really tough situation. And I remember him saying, you know, if not for this, this community that I've been a part of, I would have dropped out or I probably wouldn't still be here in college. And that's pretty powerful. Never held a position, but possibly the greatest source of impact or influence or leadership just came from that one connection. So those are just two positions from fraternity life and orientation staff where everyday leadership, that concept has made a massive influence. It almost sounds like everyday leadership isn't about necessarily the everyday tasks and projects and initiatives that we do as leaders, but the impact and the relational type interactions that we have with other people. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Once we start, I don't want to say minimizing it, but once we stop making leadership such this massive thing, we start to see the people that are influenced because of it. I mean, even you take leadership guru, John Maxwell, he describes leadership as the ability to influence others. And so much when we explode leadership into something larger than ourselves, we lose sight of the people, the people component that's at the heart and soul of leadership. And so you're you're 100% spot on. With everyday leadership, you start to focus in on these relationships and the influence that you can leverage in those. Yeah, absolutely. So you had a, a pretty exciting moment then. I mean, this has really made a big impact on your life and your outlook of leadership. And you had the chance to actually meet Drew Dudley in person. Yeah, it, the, <laughs> the wildest story. And it's pure dumb luck. Uh, so as I mentioned, I mean, as soon as I read the book, um, I was gifted the book by my girlfriend. And I just started recommending it to all of my mentors and close colleagues and friends. And from that, people actually read it. I was I was honored enough. I mean, we all get book recommendations. You've probably got a list just like me of book yeah, recommendations. That's true. Um, and like, they they read it and were like, "Hey, this was really good," or "This was impactful." Um, one individual I shared the the story, the book with, was Kevin Garvin. Uh, Kevin is a, a loyal listener. Uh, a really great friend and mentor. And someone we might have on the podcast in the future. Yeah, a hopeful future feature. And um, he is just a awesome mover and shaker in the field of education. And he actually has a leadership class, which we've had the experience to sit in on Avery and myself. And it is the coolest thing. Uh, and so Kevin had uh, the guts. He just shot him a, an email. I wanted to reach out to Drew about possibly some tidbits of how he could incorporate this concept of everyday leadership and just this material into changing his curriculum up for his leadership class. The email didn't really work out. You know, he waited for a response, didn't get anything. Then just as like a, you know, second ditch attempt, shot him a message on Facebook and got a response from Drew. And uh, we were actually, Avery, 
Avery travels with admissions and I was going to tag along and we were going to go to Montezuma and therefore like a, what was it? A two day window, Avery, right? Like we, there was a possibility of Drew coming in to talk to this one, a high school in Iowa, like a class of like eight students uh, to provide some context. This guy like gives talks for Google for like 20, 20 K. Uh, so I mean, it definitely all across the spectrum, but uh, unfortunately like, Plans fell through there, and I was like, oh, so close. Uh, and then we we managed to set something up. So, uh, so Drew, by pure chance, was stick, sticking around in Iowa for the weekend, and someone had recommended a, a pub to him, a local place. And I kid you not, you can't make this up, it was the Angry Goldfish. That is what they recommended nice. to Drew. Out of all the places in Iowa, it was the Angry Goldfish. Great, great joint. Sounds like a carp. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, so we... Sorry, that everyone, that's an inside joke. Yeah, <laughs> I guess that didn't make sense. Uh, but we decided to meet him there, and boy, was I nervous. Uh, I was probably more equally nervous for this meeting as I was for, like, a first date with Sarah. And uh, Whoa. Whoa, indeed. And uh, we met him at this pub. Was he a redhead, too? No. <laughs> what does he look like? Before you even get into this, getting meet him at the pub, what does Drew look like? He walked in, and what does he look like? A Canadian. Drew's Canadian, and you can just tell. You know, he's got the the happy, okay. you know, kind face. He's got a beard, like that's dark beard, bushy yeah. beard. Yeah, yeah, not bushy. Well trimmed. Well trimmed. Yeah. Well trimmed. Okay. Yeah. No glasses. Uh, yes, he does have glasses. He was wearing glasses. Yeah. Hat. No, no hat, which I was surprised okay, but by. He, he was wearing a hat. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it Dark was an hair. interesting hat selection as well. Gotcha. Yeah. I would never wear a hat in a TED Talk, but that's a flex. That is. is he, does he have flowing locks? Short hair? Short hair. Short hair? Okay. Short hair. What did the smile like? <laughs> it, it, it was a smile. I, it was <laughs> bright, twinkling, glimmering. Are you trying to describe Santa Claus here? No, no. <laughs> I mean, I'm just trying to get an idea because you're really nervous, and I just wanted to give the audience kind of a picture of, of Drew. Yeah. He wasn't intimidating. Is he big, burly? No. Just your average run-of-the-mill. Could he knock you flat if he needed to? Yeah. I okay. mean, yeah. <laughs> and I think that's the thing, too, is it's just – and I think that was one of the lessons from it, though, is, like, we have our own personal, like, heroes, right? And yeah. and um, just because of the influence that, like, Drew has had on, like, my leadership style, and especially as I've navigated some, some like, life decisions in the last year, he's made a big impact. And so we, we put people on pedestals. And so I think that's where I was nervous. But one of yeah. the most valuable tidbits I got from a mentor was right before I met with, like, a, a SIGET billionaire. And he's like, hey, everybody at one point in their lives was, like, a baby and was, like, crapping their pants and sitting in it and like it's like a weird twist on the like oh go out there and present like they're all naked which i've always thought is a weird public speaking tip um but i think it's very humbling to remember like everybody at one point was a baby in a diaper sitting in a soiled diaper so that's a good point i mean everyone also puts on their pants the same way one leg at a time that's an even better way of putting it rather oh than God. a soiled diaper yeah. <laughs> I, I just I think that's pretty interesting too to, to note that he's just your average, your average um, Joe, your your average dude, oh, and you could pass him the street and not even know it, and yet he's had such a huge impact on you, which is the very definition of everyday leadership. Yeah. Oh, that's 
But that's a great way of putting it. Like this man's walking through his TED talk has been selected as one of the 15 most inspirational TED talks. Wow. And, you know, it's amassed millions of views, his impact, you know, millions of lives. And he's walking through this pub in Des Moines. And yeah, no one could tell you who he is. I mean, and in terms of like the normal guy, I think we probably spent like 20, not exaggerating, probably spent 20 to 25 minutes talking about a show that he's been binging. It's like the treasure of uh, Oak Island or. Yeah, I, that's a. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we yeah. talked about that. So about. Um, I'm looking forward to binging that show now. Um, but your bandwagoner. Totally. Yeah. Now that the final season's out, but I mean, the, uh, the guy even travels with his, uh, travels with his PlayStation too. Uh, nice. and so, yeah, it was definitely a great reminder for me where, you know, everybody's human at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. So you get in this pub, you meet him. What happened next? What happened next was a three-hour conversation that covered everything from shows that were binging on Netflix, uh, leadership insights, and chicken businesses. Whoa. The whole mix. And coming into it, uh, I mean, we just started chatting, which went on forever. We never, during our communication, had said, like, how long we'd be chatting. But we probably spent just an hour just shooting the briefs. Nice. And, and, and chat, which was really comforting. I mean, um, but it was very enjoyable as well. Just um, three three individuals meeting up, uh, getting to know each other, chatting, um, then going into some leadership insights. So that was the primary purpose: was how can we how can we gain some understanding or insights that one we could be applying into a high school curriculum course, Kevin's leadership course. But then I also was trying to gain some insights. Uh, my fraternity, SEGEP, has even started incorporating everyday leadership into its Carlson Leadership Academies, which I'm very, very excited about. I, I'd recommended the book to a HQ staff member, and they'd worked trying to incorporate elements of that into the curriculum. And so I was trying to gain more insights into how can we possibly grow that. Um, not sure what that looks like in the future, um, whether you incorporate that with seniors, there's a new senior track, or incorporating values-based leadership in your rising leaders that will be going into positions. Something you're going to need to roll up your sleeves and jump in there, Mr. Regional Director. I, I hope. Not, knock on wood. <laughs> but, but yeah, that's um, that, was, that was a majority there, and I took quite a bit of notes. I, I know that Kevin uh, got a lot out of it as well. Um, excited to see how he incorporates that in yeah. his class moving forward knowing Absolutely. knowing him it'll be it'll be pretty phenomenal we'll have to talk to him about some of the classes and curriculum yeah doing. so what are your top three takeaways then from that conversation top three takeaways uh one was one was in the, just the activities where we talked about where in leadership a lot of times people fo- like folks think it needs to be a lecture and you know leadership is this ongoing action it's leadership is in of itself a virtue that needs to be exercised every day and so the activities focused on different components so one of my biggest takeaways was how can we extort the tough aspects of leadership through an activity so for example one of the activities uh say we would start off with a card game 
we'd have a set of rules that we would read and then we'd start playing and there's no talking and there's several different groups that are playing. Here's the kicker. They all have a different set of rules that they're playing with. They're not completely different, but there's like a, sw- a slight tweak, right? So we would play our game and we have the agreed upon rules and then it would switch after an ex- certain period of time to the next group. And then we'd be playing, you know, going along and then there'd be an incident and we'd realize, wait a minute, something's off here, but we can't talk. We can't communicate mm. through that. And then it goes on and on and on. And finally, like the differences get so much that you're like, I can't even play a card game with you. And so one of the driving forces behind that is like, one, how can we understand as leaders, how is this situation different from one that we've been in? How is this, you know, a different scenario than one that we're used to? And then two, of course, that underlying theme of communication. How can we as leaders effectively communicate with those? And when we drop that piece out in a dramatic fashion, like this exercise of no talking at all, how can that showcase the weakness that that can create in our team? So that was one of like, you know, you can read all about leadership, but it's so much more valuable to be doing these exercises that focus in on these valuable components. Uh, The second key takeaway uh, for me uh, was another leadership one, if I can share two. Um, It was, it was a really drawn out example, but it was, Drew calls it like the power of squares. And it's a complex maneuver with several stages, but at its, at its whole, it showcases this issue within teams, organizations, cultures, and societies of us versus them. Mm. And it's, it's, I mean, you could use it in a sociology class if you really wanted to, because it, it highlights inequality as well. But the thing that I loved about it was that us versus them. And as like, Simon Sinek's new book, The Infinite Games, come out. I've really started to think more and more about this us versus them mentality and how it's so deeply ingrained in our business now. And so this exercise, the power squares, the official name is something else, and I for, apologize, I forget it. it. It drove home this destructive ability of us versus them. And to the point where, as Drew was talking about one time he did it, it made a girl cry. Um, yeah, it, it made a girl cry. So that was one for me was just that, that exercise that drives home, you know, how destructive us versus them mentality can be in business. Or as like, you know, Simon Sinek, like infinite game, infinite mindset versus finite mindset. And then I think the third one would just be kind of what we talked about earlier, where everyone's human. I was pretty nervous going into this because it was a personal hero. But at the end of the day, I left that three-hour conversation feeling like I was just shooting the breeze with two of my pals. And that was a pretty big lesson. And so moving forward, I'm much less hesitant to reach out to authors of a book that I found impactful, reach out to role models of mine from different organizations that, or alumni that, I mean, I am a fan of their work or I've heard of them. Um, I'm much less hesitant now to reach out to folks. Those are those are my three big takeaways, I would say. That's great. All right, so final question then. Is there a happy ending? Are you going to see your celebrity crush again? <laughs> Still a celebrity? Uh, hopefully. Uh, yeah. 
uh, Drew has a client here in Iowa, so I know that uh, he will be back within probably six months. And we, I mean, he has this tradition where he goes go karting, and you know, that's a that's a fun hobby of his. And I mean, we're in Iowa, right? Like the amount of racetracks per capita is just ridiculous. And there are some awesome go-kart tracks here in the state as well. And so, Hey, if he's in, if he's in the state of Iowa and I'm free, uh, I would definitely go out and hit the, the go-kart track up with drill. I just hope I don't put him into the wall or, <laughs> or anything like that. It sounds like a fun date. Oh my gosh. Well, well, we'll have to hop in a cart as well, and we can get you converted over oh, to everyday leadership. I don't know if I can third wheel this this <laughs> man crush that's happening. <laughs> Definitely. Well, thank you for your time and your insight and sharing a little bit of that story. That's great. You bet. Uh, and and for, for individuals that want to look more into Drew's work, again, you can view his TEDx talk, Everyday Leadership. Uh, sometimes it'll come up if you just search lollipop leadership uh, you'll find a plethora of his talks and ted talks and then for those that are interested in his book again the title is this is day one and again i cannot cannot recommend it enough avery i know is diving into it here shortly yeah. so and if you ever want to get in contact with caleb just go to the angry goldfish in des moines he'll be hanging out there hoping for drew to walk in <laughs> all right take care everyone this is another episode of Onward Thinking!